Okay. Whoa. <laughs> what was that little noise there, Reg? <laughs> Hopefully we got that one out of the way before the show starts. <laughs> the podcast. I don't know what whatever this is. All right. Are you ready to go, sir? You looking good? I'm feeling good. Yeah. Instruments in good shape. So let's just do this thing, all right? Okay. What do you say? Let's go. Um, Put it in the book. Episode 362. 362. And I'll give you the three S's. I'll give you the countdown. You give me the music. I'll give you a podcast. There we go. Ready? All right. Here we go. Star, smile, strong. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. Whoops. No, 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 no. Didn't, didn't get that time. <laughs> I know, this is always a problem. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Pod. Whoa. All right, what's going on now, Wrench? Hit it again. Just see where it goes. Yeah, see, now it's, it's you have to do it maybe right when I say it. Right after I say Podtastic, hit it. All right, let's try it. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. <laughs> now that time it didn't do it. All right, here we go. Last time. Whatever happens, happens. All right, we're just going to go with it. Ready? Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. But always remember, never forget, that it's also your job and your responsibility, and it should be your vocation. To also get out there and spread the word, to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podcast, and it should be theirs too. I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> if you like what you hear, don't forget, you go to WGNRadio.com, hit the prompt for the uh, podcast section. Get them prompt for this section, this podcast, and my God. There they are, just sitting there waiting for you. Podcast after podcast after podcast. Get in there and start scrolling down and listening and listening. On the train, on the bus, taking a walk, taking a hike, taking a run. Cutting the grass. Painting the stairs, whatever it is, whatever you're doing, reading a book, or just killing time. No better time killer than this. I've done 361 of these things. So here's number 362. So where were you when the earth shook about a week or so ago? Where were you? There's always these moments, these historic moments, not always, but every so often, when there are truly historic moments. When when the big question is, where were you when? 
you know, I mean, it's where were you when Pearl Harbor hit? Well, I wasn't born. (laughs) Where were you when JFK was shot when you heard the news? Well, I wasn't born. Jesus, anything happened in my lifetime? Where were you on 9-11? Ah, there's one. There's one. (laughs) Definitely can say that. Where were you when Caesar was stabbed? Whoa, not even close. (laughs) There's been a few historic things, obviously, that have happened. Some with more uh, meaning and, and historical significance than others. But if you've been around long enough, uh, at least once in your life, you will be around for one of those truly historic moments. And I just named two or three. Uh, where were you when the, when, the, when the men landed on the moon? Yes, was alive for that. So I see yeah, there's, I've, I've, I've been around for a few cool things. I, it, I don't think, you know, where were you when... Oh, boy, let's see. Where were you when um, what was insignificant? Oh, well, well, here's a good one. If you're a Cub fan or a Sox fan, I'll give you both in the Chicago area. Where were you when the Cubs won the their first World Series in over 100 years, right? Or where were you when the Sox finally won in, in 2005? I remember both of those, actually. In 2005, when the Sox won the World Series, I may not have been in the country. Now I have to go back and look. I know that during the playoff run, I was out of the country. I was on a trip in Europe, and I was following the Sox. I believe, I don't know, I may have been out of the country when they won. Or I may have just come home and may have been able to see the winning game. As I said, I'm not a Sox fan, so I wouldn't know where I was. I certainly know where I was when the Cubs won. I was in front of my television set screaming at manager Joe Madden for almost blowing it by putting in reliever Chapman uh, after his arm was definitely dead. So I remember that very well, even though they won. They won in spite of Joe Madden that year. But, uh, (laughs) see, that still gets me upset. (laughs) Still gets me mad. That day I remember. But there are these historic days uh, that uh, that we all have, uh, whether they're they're earth-shattering days or maybe historic days in your own life. Where were you when? So where were you when we had history made? And just a quickie, too. Think about this. I, I heard someone talking about this the other day, and, and it really did strike me. Uh, for, for many of us, I would assume most people listening to this, just given the fact of, of who might know who I am and may listen to this, there is a good amount of people who... I mean, anybody right now considering, right, if, if you're in your early 20s and, and, and younger, we're not around for, for 9-11. It seems like such a, um, a historic and, uh, and tragic moment that it would seem like everybody was around, right? But it, it, time has passed, right? 2001. 
It'll be 22 years this year. So anybody that's in high school or even a freshman or sophomore or maybe even junior in college was not born. And even if you were born, you probably, if, if you're 25, you probably don't have a memory of it, right? You were two or three. That's a whole generation already that does not have a lifetime memory of 9-11. And I remember the same thing happening when I was a little kid. And people would always talk about Pearl Harbor. You, you know, we still hear about Pearl Harbor. Uh, it was such a catastrophic and, and tragic day in American history. First time we were truly attacked and devastated on our mainland in the United States during a war. Uh, many people died. It was it was tragic. It 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 ushered in America entering World War II. The next day, literally the next day, thousands, hundreds of thousands of men signed up to get into military service. It was such a a rallying cry. I don't think we've had such a rallying cry like that in our history. Even when something like 9-11 happened, we did rally together. But, um, you know, that communal feeling, certainly over the last 20 years, has, has faded. But, um, but I remember growing up hearing, you know, about, about Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor. And to the people that were alive, like my parents and things like that, and relatives and stuff. I mean, the, the that, that that generation. My God, it was an earth-shattering, unbelievable, life-changing event. And uh, but it was but it was lost on me. And so that's probably as much as now those of us who were around, and especially if we were adults, who remember the pictures and the and the and the and the shock and the anger and the and the fright and the uncertainty and the vulnerability that we all felt on 9-11 sure it was very similar to the way people felt in world war ii during during pearl harbor and now that day is our touchstone moment but yet there's a whole generation now that was like me with pearl harbor understand it was a bad event seeing the pictures can only imagine what it was like Saddened by it, I've been to the Pearl Harbor Memorial in Hawaii. I was a young kid when I went. So just as a way as young kids can go to the 9-11 Memorial in New York, and I've been to that too. It's a very moving memorial. But uh, it's amazing how, a, it, it's, it, how time has flown that a whole generation now, almost 25 years as I said, if you're 25, you, even if you were a little, even if you were born, you don't remember. You were two or three years old, so you grew up hearing about it, just like I grew up hearing about Pearl Harbor. I recognize it. I uh, have some knowledge about it, some empathy for it, but I don't have the memory of it. I don't have the muscle memory of what it was like to see that and hear that news. That 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 real memory of it. And now those of us who are around and remember 9-11 have that, and there's a whole generation that doesn't have that as well. And now as we see with Pearl Harbor happening in the 40s, more than 80 years ago, 
Uh, it's mentioned sometimes on some shows or on the radio. Oh, today's the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, but it doesn't resonate really. I believe I just read that the last, one of the last um, survivors of Pearl Harbor, survivors of Pearl Harbor, and there were some, was a, a, hor- a horrible tragedy and, and um, you know, uh, many people killed when the Japanese invaded Pearl Harbor in December of, uh, of 1941, but um, the, the, there was only two living Americans left, and one of them just died. I think he was over 100 years old. There's the, uh, so I don't know if there's one, still one left now or if he was the last one. I can't remember. I just heard it in passing. Once again, it was kind of like, oh, that's an interesting little footnote, but uh, it didn't resonate with me. But that just goes to show you the last person that lived who was at Pearl Harbor to survive it is over 100 years old, right? So <laughs> so we mention it. It's now part of our history. It's the same way when you talk about the Civil War. We go, yeah, the Civil War, terrible. I've been to Gettysburg. It's, 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 it's a very um, moving and uh, solemn place to go when you walk the battlefields. But uh, you hear the stories. You can imagine how things were, but you really can't imagine it. Uh, You know, we've got photos of Pearl Harbor. We have some film footage of Pearl Harbor, the devastation, the burning um, and exploding battleships. But 9-11, we've got a lot of footage, right? (laughs) That was televised live. And so you certainly can maybe, for those who weren't alive and don't remember it, or who are very young, you certainly could go back and, and get some major pictures and film footage and recollections of that that was documented and recorded because of such a media intensive society we are in now and could you imagine that was that was before 9-11 was before the smartphone right the smartphone came out in 2007 what would what would that have been like? What footage would we have had? What collective memory and collective knowledge would we have had if people had had the power of a smartphone during 9-11? If they were in New York, we most likely would have had much more footage of actually, wow, I don't know if that's good or bad when you think about it. We would have had footage of people uh, who, were, who were right there. Certainly, we would have footage of people that were, were coming down the stairs. We, put have had, we, we may have had footage of the actual explosions or at least the holes in the buildings because after they stopped, people were walking around and running, right? Wow. Just think what what footage we 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 have we have very detailed footage, but now that everybody carries around a camcorder in their pocket, wow, that would that would have really been uh, quite a sight to have. Maybe good or bad or not, but anyway, where were you when the Earth shook? It did. You say, Jim, what happened? 
a week ago, what happened? You might be running to your computer now and looking for tragedies and, and you're looking for, well, I don't, there wasn't any earthquake, was there? There wasn't any uh, tornado. There wasn't a flood. There wasn't a natural disaster. What are you talking about? There was no plane crash. What, what do you, what, what historic, what, what took place last week? There's no sporting event. What are you talking about? I think that, I, I think, I think Jim's lost it. It's probably what you're saying right now. Well, perhaps I have. It all depends on your perspective. It all depends on your opinion, which I will certainly be talking about today. Where were you when the earth shook? You say, Jim, what are you talking about? Where were you when you heard the news on the same day, a week ago today, as this posts? Where were you on April 24th? When you heard the news, within hours, within hours, when the media world was shaken, With the news first of the firing of Fox News host uh, Tucker Carlson, and then hours later, the firing of CNN host Don Lemon. Where were you? Now you say, oh my God, Jim, what are you talking about? In the same breath, you you are somehow equating and comparing the historic value and significance of the firing of two cable channel news hosts to things like Pearl Harbor and the JFK assassination and 9-11 and Caesar's assassination? Where were you when Moses parted the Red Sea? Remember that day? Where were you? No. <laughs> Jim, what are you talking about? Well, I I agree. It's certainly not on par with that, but it can be. And this is and this and and and, and maybe not even can be. I I obviously exaggerate for effect. You know me. But this this event could actually be the beginning of some shift in our current climate and culture. And you say, whoa, I mean, what are you talking about? Two guys got fired from their jobs? I mean, basically, right, that's what happened. Two guys got fired from their jobs. What are you talking about? This may show a shift in our culture, Jim. Two guys, two people, regardless of they're men or women, two people. Let me just be, you know, don't worry about guys. Two people were fired. What are you talking about? What, what significance is it? Two people get fired. People get fired every day. What are you talking about? Well, let me explain. That's what that's 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 why I brought it up. <laughs> to the average person, that just may be what it is. Stripped of all the the 
decoration around it or the hype around it. When stripped down to it, it might just be two people were fired on Monday. That's true. But uh, if you're in the media world, and, and I am, and I have been a media junkie and a news junkie since I've been a little kid. I've, I think I've told you on many occasions, uh, you know, that this it's been my career and my personal interest for since I was a little kid. I've always been interested. I, 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 I am proud to say I grew up watching television. There used to be it's not as much anymore. There used to be this this prevailing oh the you know this generation is going to be ruined because you know get your kid away from the TV you shouldn't watch some friends some some people like, well we're not allowed to watch TV some people still uh, I I I I, t- I believe that it, that that television was and is um, and now you know we can expand the 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 definition of television to obviously include all the different video platforms that we have available to us especially on that smartphone that i talked about before we carry it with us so i think it's almost impossible now for someone to say don't let your kids watch tv they carry a tv with them in their backpack in their pocket right (laughs) but i think that um i'm i'm glad and not only was i entertained by television I certainly wasn't babysat by television. I wouldn't say that. My mom, I was an only child, so my mom was able to to pay attention. She didn't have eight kids running around, so just say, oh, sit in front of the TV as a babysitter. I was not used that way. My mom was a stay-at-home mom when I grew up, at least, and, um, and so we did things all the time. So I was not raised on TV per se, like that during the day. But once again, being an only child, uh, at the end of the day, after being out and doing things, I was still home. I wasn't with a brother or sister doing something, you know, so I was, and my parents were, were, you know, relaxing after the day's done watching television. So I watched it with them. So I did grow up watching TV and I loved my Saturday morning cartoons. Um, but I, I'm 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 happy for it because I I was I was uh, I was captivated by television in terms of what it could do, in terms of informing and entertaining. So as a little kid, um, being around television, watching the news, watching different television shows, um, I do I do feel that that helped me in my development of being someone who like to be informed, who like to find out information. I'm sure it led to me choosing a career in the media. As I said, I I became a, a something of a news junkie. I enjoyed I I, I as I grew older, I would uh, I I um you know, read newspapers, several newspapers a day, had magazine subscriptions and 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 all that was always looking for information, listen to the radio. So it was seemed to be a natural progression when I got into the media because I, as a little kid, I had been kind of raised on it and and found interest in it and enjoyed not only being informed but also enjoyed sharing the information that I got with other people, and that's what the media is all about, right? And then you're able to, and then with information and facts, you're able to form an opinion and and have a a sense of of what's happening around you. So I'm very I'm very happy. Um, with 
with that as a kid. I, I don't think that television harmed me at all. Uh, and so going, getting into the media. In fact, I remember um, I had an internship when I was in college uh, at the CBS-owned TV station here in Chicago, WBBM-TV, Channel 2. And um, one of the reasons after my interview that I, that I was told by my, the person who was my instructor or my boss, if you will, for the, for the, for the internship at the, at the TV station said, you know, I had, all, I had all the right, I had all those answers all set up. What do you want to do in five years and all that stuff? But it was an off-the-cuff, real honest answer that I had, had no way of really preparing for, and, and it was the way that I presented it was what got me the interview. You never know what is going to appeal or not appeal to somebody in an interview situation, and apparently this, to me, I, I, I remember saying it, but I didn't remember saying, wow, I hit that one out of the park. It was just kind of an off-the-cuff comment. And um, she asked me, uh, you know, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you read? Because once again, being in the, working at a new, at a news station, you need to be well-read. You need to be aware of what's going on. That's, that's, it's, that's where the news is generated, right? So they wanted somebody that did have that kind of uh, interest in, 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 and was informed and did seek out several, uh, you know, different sources of information and i made a this an off the cuff remark i said oh well you know my bedroom because i was still living at home i was just in college i said well my bedroom i don't even know if there's you know carpeting hardwood floors weren't that big back when uh, when i was um, going to college it was still people still had carpeting (laughs) and i said well i don't even know if i have a carpet in my bedroom because it is basically filled with so many different newspapers and magazines. That, that that's the carpeting in my in my room. I'm just surrounded by information, and that that little off the cuff, little funny, hopefully, phrase led her to believe that well, this is the guy. He he he's he's into this. He can do this job. So you never know. But it remains an interest for me. And so I've, uh, that's the way, and I still, I seek out information and facts, and based on that is how I make my opinion. That's the way it's supposed to be. You gather information, you gather facts, you form an opinion, and then if you want, you share your opinion. That's the way the world used to work. <laughs> Uh, talk about that smartphone. You can't get away from it. Since the smartphone and since a few years after that with the popularity and then the explosion of social media due to what the smartphone allowed, social media existed, but when we were still tethered to a desktop, you don't even hear that phrase much anymore, really. Do you even hear that term, a desktop computer? You don't. I don't even know if anybody who has a desktop computer. Do they still make desktop computers? Even if you have a computer at home, right? Isn't it most likely a laptop, a portable one that you can move from room to room? I don't even know if they make desktops. I'm not like a computer nerd. I don't. But but I don't know. I don't even see those television box 
units anymore. Everybody's got a laptop. So even the term desktop computer might be outdated right now. But once that cell phone, that smartphone, not cell phone, but that smartphone gave us the power of a fast, powerful computer in our pockets, in our purses, in our backpacks, in our hand, it changed, it changed the world. It changed the way we live, literally. And then suddenly those social media sites that were around in very primitive forms just exploded. And then more were invented because now we had a new capability. We could react to both the incoming of information and, most importantly for social media, the outgoing flow of information from us to the world. Before that, the public was still, for the most part, a receiver of information. They weren't a content provider of information. Today, that's the goal. All these internet influencers, what are they talking about? Creating content. It's not just networks and news organizations or entertainment organizations or artists or musicians or actors who, who create content. In today's world, in 2023, the average person creates content that that's a that's a relatively new phenomenon the ability and some people did but not like now everybody who buys a a smartphone has the potential to be a content creator a content provider we used to be a content receiver it was one way Now we receive content, but we also disperse content. Either the content we make or the content that we gather from some other place and then send out and share. Retweet, share, like. It's now a two-way distribution system. It never used to be that way. Going back to the the days of newspapers and radio and television news, it was one way. Those establishments sent it to us. We could send it back in in the way of letters to the editor, but that was our only real way. We could maybe, if you were in the... In the you know, if you had the ability, you could write an uh, an opinion piece for a newspaper, or you went on TV and and gave your rebuttal to an editorial. But that was far few and far between. Now, anyone of any age, of any background, of any whatever, anybody who has a smartphone is a content creator, or certainly has the ability to be one, and that's why. There's so much crap out there (laughs) because everybody has the ability to do it and not everybody either has the, the, the talent or the ability to do it, but they have, 
the opportunity to do it. I mean, think about it. Everybody's talking about TikTok and how it might be shut down because it, you know, it's owned by a Chinese company. Here's this, once again, this, this technology that changed the world. And if you go on TikTok, all this content that we talk about, we all have this ability to create content. We're content creators. If you go on TikTok, it's, what is it? What's the content that the average person is providing, is creating? And I put that in quotes. What is it? Pictures of their pets? Pictures of their kids? Or of them dancing? <laughs> that's, that's that content that um, we can't live without. Or, or pictures of their food or, or, or pictures of the, of the new the new skirt they bought or the new makeup that they bought. That's our content. That's how scary that is. Think about the power and the, the capabilities of that to share. And that's what we're sharing for the most part. But then there are a lot of people that do use it to disseminate information. And this is what I'm talking about. Why were Tucker Carlson... And Don Lemon, why were those firings, in my view, potentially important for all of us to pay attention to? Stay with me. I'm getting there. Give me a background. (laughs) So certainly over the last 15 or 20 years, the rise of conspiracy theories and conspiracies And opinions that are based on falsehoods completely or half-truths at the very best also now have a venue to be shared. And that has been very dangerous. And we are still weeding through that and figuring out how do we figure it out. You know, everybody talks about Trump. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, fake news, fake news. It's kind of used as a as a throwaway line is a, a funny line, but fake, fake news can work both ways. Donald Trump used it when he didn't agree with something that someone wrote about him. Oh, that's fake news. But there is a lot of fake news out there. That is a concern that we have because we have this powerful tool to share any information without any kind of vetting and i've mentioned this before on the podcast you know there used to be a a, there used to be a public contract between the 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 public and and the media that they were the news gatherers and that they would do their job to make sure that what was printed or told on the the radio what was presented on the radio was presented on television was printed in the newspapers or printed in a magazine that there was a there's no law there's no but there was an unwritten rule in the journalistic world and there was an unwritten social contract between the the audience and the media that they would vet this out that they would do the best that they could in order to assure that the that the information that they were sharing with us was verified and validated and to the best of their knowledge was true okay that's gone out the wall that aspect of journalism is gone it still exists to some extent but it 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 doesn't it it doesn't really guide our 
journalism anymore because of the speed and quickness and access that anybody has to post something. So a lot of of fake news, false news, news based on half facts or no facts can be presented and sent out and believed. And that has led to the division that we're in right now. So you say, once again, Jim, okay, well, how does how, how do Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon get into this? Well, so certainly over the last 10 or 15 years, we have seen the rise of disinformation and misinformation and fake news, whatever you want to call it, become the norm, become the standard. And now it's our job, the public's job, to weed that out. And some people have the ability to weed that out. They will, they will take the initiative and, and see, well, has this, is anyone else saying this is verified? But some people don't. They're, they don't care as much. They're lazy, whatever you want to call it. They'll just see something and say, oh, that's true, and then they'll just tell someone else. So, you know, we've got, we've got a whole world. Like, it's like one big game of post office. You know, when you whisper into somebody's ear and then it goes around the circle and it comes back. And usually what, what the original thing was when it goes around a circle is never the same. Well, that's, that's what's happened in the world today. But now, you know, multiply that by billions. Once again, the flawed human. <laughs> so what we have seen in our world is a lot of opinion taking over for facts because there's been less facts out there. Facts are harder to come by. Opinions are easy. We all have them. We can make them in a second. It's our nature. Facts take time. Facts take, take effort. You have to dig for the facts. Once again, I always say, please go and watch the film, All the President's Men. It's a very good tutorial. It's, an, it's a very entertaining film about Woodward and Bernstein and how they track down the, the Watergate story. But it's not about Nixon. It's not about politics. It's, a, it's really about journalism and how a journalist goes about finding facts. The average person now doesn't take the time, doesn't have the either doesn't have the, 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 the want to do it, doesn't have the knowledge or expertise of how to do it. So they see something, they react to it, they form an opinion about it, and if it's something that really affects them, they'll share it with somebody and tell somebody. And it may be based on something completely false with absolutely zero validity and truth to it. And boom, 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 and so on, and so on, and so on. And off it goes, and off it gets it gets shared and shared and shared, and it gets com- more corrupted, when, and more wrong information gets added to it, like post office, and, and, and it goes around the globe. That has led to the division, certainly, in our country. We are no longer a fact-based culture. We are an opinion-based culture. Simple 
simple explanation and simple example of that. When news started, TV news, let's use TV news since it has such an impact and influence on us, and it drives many of the stories that then are passed along, it was the CBS evening news. It was the NBC nightly news. It was ABC's world news tonight, right? Then... Because it is entertainment, and those who gave the information became celebrities and stars on their own right because we saw them every day. It became the CBS Evening News with Walter Cronkite, CBS Evening News with Dan Rather, the NBC News with, um, oh boy, now I'm, I'm blanking. Well, there was, you know, Oh, God. Well, I can see his face. I can't remember now. John somebody. Oh. <laughs> the ABC News with Harry Reasoner and Barbara Walters. World News Tonight. So suddenly the news deliverers became quasi-celebrities. Then we had Brian Williams, and now we have Lester Holt and, and all these other people. But their names are there, but they still retain... The Evening News, World News Tonight, NBC News, but their names are just as prominent. And if you go on cable, most of the shows now where people get their news are not named for the news. They're named for the person delivering the news. Now you say, Jim, what's the big deal about that? It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a nuance, but it's a nuance with meaning. And the average person might not pay attention to that, might not think it's a big deal, but it is. It, it is a reason for our division. Tucker Carlson tonight. Don Lemon Hannity, Rachel Maddow show, the Ingram Angle, Anderson Cooper 360, a moment with Lawrence O'Donnell, Morning Joe. Do you hear in any of those, those are the most popular cable news station, uh, TV programs right now, and in any of those that I just read off to you, was there any non-bias, non-personality name in those titles of those shows? No. They were all the names of the people that were delivering it. Not the news delivered by, but it is the person. That's huge. You say, what are you talking about? No, that, that's big. Because there used to be a sense that the information that you were seeing was fact-based. But when you say, just like this, Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, what I'm doing right now, it's my opinion. So you say, well, Jim, you're no better or no worse. 
I'm telling you the state of the world. Our news, for the most part, today, that most people watch, even though those network news as I told you about, the CBS Evening News and the, and the NBC Nightly News and the World News Tonight, they're still watched, but not by the numbers, not by the millions of people that watched Tucker Carlton, Carlson or that watch Hannity or watch Rachel Maddow or watch Lawrence O'Donnell or watch Morning Joe or watched Laura Ingram. More people today get their information from a personality and a person rather than a news organization. So it's based on opinion. More than facts. That's where we have gotten in in trouble here. So that's why so many of these original news-gathering outlets, which did abide by and, and were operated on the journalistic unwritten rules that, that guided journalism for, for decades or centuries, they've gone away. Because now it's ratings, now it's entertainment, there's not as much fact-checking, because it's based on a person's opinion. And we just saw in this defamation case against Fox that was claiming that one of the makers of the voting machines in the 2020 elections had had either fixed the election or did something to steal the election. And they have emails from the highest levels within the Fox organization that show that even though there was much doubt on the side of many of these anchors who are the main disseminators of the information, while they knew that the factually the story about the stolen election was not true, they continued to tell the story and to push the idea to those people that were their loyal followers and listeners. That's dangerous. Now, I'm not picking on Fox because on the other side, you know, I'm always I always try to I always try to play, you know, once again, I'm 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 a media news junkie. I, I do play devil's advocate. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have any, I watch all of them. I watch Fox, I watch CNN, I watch MSNBC. I watch all of them because I want to get, I've always been a news junkie. My, you know, now my floor isn't filled with magazines and newspapers, but um, I still have a variety, I still gain my information and my facts and form my opinions based on many different outlets and and gathering of facts on my own before I make a decision I don't follow one I I on an on an on a, in, in, a, in a regular morning the evening or so I will watch several different of the news channels to see how each of them are talking about and reporting on the same event and you will see a different slant there's no question about that there's a slant and MSNBC is far left, liberal, 
Fox is far right, conservative. And right now, CNN doesn't know what it wants to be. (laughs) CNN was the first one around. The other two based themselves on the CNN model and then went in each direction where they saw the audience was, where there was a big audience. But as I said, I watched them all. So I'm not I'm I'm just giving you the facts about Fox because I can attack MSNBC and I can attack CNN with the same thing. Don Lemon, Rachel Maddow, Lawrence O'Donnell, Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitzer. When they talk about conservatives, you know, meet the press, you know, meet the press, the oldest television show on TV, Meet the Press. What's it called today? It's called Meet the Press with Chuck Todd. <laughs> Got to get his name in there. Meet the Press. All those shows, very left-leaning, all those hosts, more on the liberal side than the conservative side, all bash Trump. That's how they made their bones. If you look at most of the people today, who have, who have their own shows with their names on them. Once again, Katie Turr show, right? If you watch majority of people, Don Lemon show, people that either had or have shows, many of them covered the Trump campaign in 2016 and then covered the presidency. And they were on all the time, and they were bashing Trump, and they got a following, and they got their own shows. So just as the right, you can bash for their agenda, you can bash the left. Their agenda is just as biased as the rights is it depends on your perspective so you say i hate fox i love msnbc someone else says i love msnbc i or i love fox i hate msnbc and that's where we got this divide that's where we got in trouble because we 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 have allowed opinion We've allowed the 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 uh, the media, and we've allowed journalism to get laxed on facts. Sadly, the media chases us, and the media said, "Well, wait a minute. If the the public doesn't care about news gathering or facts that much, then we're not going to give it to them." Because that's harder to do. That costs more money. If we have to gain facts before we report them, like we did in the old days, then that's why. All these news organizations on television, in the newspaper, on the radio, they used to have bureaus around the world with several journalists in each one. They would have a, a London bureau. Uh, in Europe and 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 another one in in you know in uh, in the Pacific Rim, they would have bureaus that cost money in, to employ people to gain facts. Well, 
if facts, if fact, if fact gathering is no longer important, then we don't have to spend that money. We can close down the London Bureau. We can close down the, the Hong Kong Bureau. We can close down all these different offices around the country. We could do it from our main office here because of technology in New York. And we also don't have to spend, we, we, you know, the, the marketplace won't even allow us to spend three days to check a story. The internet, the smartphone, is all about speed and urgency, not about accuracy. That's the difference. It used to be about accuracy first, speed second. Now it's speed first, accuracy second. And we chase the facts later, but we get the headline. And to some extent, that's always existed. But in today's world, it's huge. That's the way we do business. And that's why things are much more shoddy. There's much more misinformation. There are, are much more opinions. Many of the opinions are not based on fact. They're based on emotion and half facts or agendas. And that's why we have such a divide. So you say, Jim, okay, you gave us a nice little um, you know, history lesson about that. Why is the firing of Tucker, Carl- Tucker Carlson and, and Don Lemon so historic, as you say? Here's why. Tucker Carlson was the most popular news and I put that in quote, news program in television with more than 300 or more than 3 million nightly viewers. That's huge. Especially in today's world, if you have 3 million people that follow that and they pass it on, it, you know, it, 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 the numbers just, you know, they double and quadruple of things that they heard on that and then they pass it along. Don Lemon made his... Uh, he was just a reporter. He was here in Chicago. He was an anchor man of no of zero note. Then he went. He left. I think he got fired. He he went. Got a I, I, the, the the funny thing about the media in some cases you can get fired and get a promotion. That happens quite a bit. <laughs> Didn't happen to me, but uh, <laughs> it happened to some. They're lucky. But he found himself in a catbird seat on CNN. And he became a major Trump basher. And when that was fashionable, he rode that to prominence. And then after Trump was gone, he didn't really have a forum anymore. And that's where he got in trouble because then he started to say things that were just kind of off the wall, making ageism jokes about or comments about Nikki Haley that she was past her prime because she was 51. Uh, getting demoted in his mind from a, na- net, a, a nightly network show with his name on it. Don't forget the name. Very important. He went from a, an, a primetime evening program with his name on it to a morning show with two co-hosts, both women, and a general kind of name, CB, you know, CNN This Morning, whatever they called it. Felt like he got a demotion, felt like he had to, you know, 
pound on his chest and started to make just crazy comments. He blew up apparently on the set and behind the scenes at his two co-hosts. Probably felt like he was better than them. They were both younger and a little less experienced than him. One of them, Caitlin Collins, is like 30 years old. Don Lemon's in his late 50s. So he probably felt, why am I even sitting next to you? I'm Don Lemon. Well, that didn't mean much anymore. And he continued to make crazy comments when he went off script and it ultimately got him fired. His bosses, as much as they wanted to keep him, they couldn't, they couldn't continue to, to try to defend what he was saying behind the scenes as well as on camera. Now, Tucker Carlson, it's a lot less clear as to why he got fired. There are stories of, that, that about both this defamation case, which Fox had to pay almost $800 million to settle, and his name was implicated as one of the anchors who was spreading the news without necessarily believing it was true, at least based on these emails, reportedly, allegedly doing that. But there must have been some smoke or some fire because Fox paid almost a billion dollars to let the, make the case go away and not have Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram go up on the stand in a televised trial. They basically paid $800 million so that that wouldn't happen. Could have been very damaging to the credibility of, of the station, of the, of the network. So you say, Jim, once again, why is this important? Why is this earth-sharing? Because it may, and this is what I said, this is why, you know, put this, you know, just file this. And, and in a year or so, let's see, let's trace it, let's, let's monitor it and see if, if a change happened based on these coincidental, perhaps, but the simultaneous moves of two major popular News, uh, national cable news anchors getting fired from their jobs. In Tucker, Car- Tucker Carlson's case, not because of low ratings, best ratings on television in the news in in the news field, but for how he either acted on or off off camera, just like Don Lemon. But what it also might signal if as i said these these news gathering organizations they follow the public they follow the public they follow what the public is doing when the public showed that they cared less about facts and more about opinion then all the shows became more opinion based all the shows got names of people they were personality driven they were not fact driven that's based on what we did we told the media that that's what we liked better so that's the way they went. And we've seen the damage it's done. We've seen this damage done to both the with internally to the networks, their inner workings, they're, they're, they, they allegedly could be telling stories they don't even believe are true. But because their audience want them, that's what they tell them. That's dangerous. But it's also created a divide in our country. Huge divide. I talked about 9-11 earlier for a reason. That was probably the last time our country was ever united around something. 
In the last 22 years, we have divided and the gap has continued to get so big that we're starting to maybe now realize maybe this isn't the right way. And that's my point. It would have been very easy to keep Don Lemon and to keep especially Tucker Carlson doing what they did to reap in millions of dollars a year, billions of dollars a year in ad revenue. But whatever the true reason was, and even if those reasons don't necessarily connect to a new sense of responsibility of the news, they may still have that end result. If these networks are willing to get rid of high-profile personalities who have agendas and who have huge ratings, maybe the powers that be are beginning to realize that the problem is how the news and how the information is being disseminated. That maybe this opinion-based as opposed to fact-based journalism is not healthy, it's not accurate, that we know for sure. So these, these, these news networks that are supposed to be, there's a social contract, like I said before, that they are supposed to give us to the best of their ability, the facts. But they're not. And maybe they're finally beginning to realize that the, by, by not adhering to the standards and the processes of gaining facts and, and disseminating those in a legitimate way, they are adding to the divide in this country and, and adding to the vulnerability of this country. We don't want to see another 9-11. But if you don't think that our enemies are seeing what's going on in this country, the divide and the mayhem, and realizing and saying the U.S. looks vulnerable, the U.S. is not united, they are not the United States anymore, there's, a, there's some cracks there's some dents in the armor, and maybe now is the time to make our move. And so that's why we're seeing China making moves with balloons flying over and doing, and doing test runs and a possible invasion of Taiwan, why we're seeing uh, you know, Russia flex whatever muscles it thought it has. Good or bad, there's people being killed. That is, yes, that is a direct... Those international moves are directly tied to our behavior, our division, our mayhem in the country right now, which in great part has been fueled by the way our media is sending us our news, regardless of your political leanings or preferences. The left Reporting is just as biased and dangerous as the rights. And that's true. 
perhaps by firing Tucker Carlson, who may show up somewhere else. He's got too big of, a, of an audience not to for some other news organization like Newsmax or News Nation to pick up, just like Chris Cuomo was fired from CNN and he's on News Nation. If in, in today's world, those ratings, those numbers, they still mean something. The reason why Donald Trump is the leading, you know, still has, you know, he lost, but the reason why he's still leading in the polls is because he had 75 million people vote for him. And Republicans cannot turn their back on potentially 75 million people voting for somebody. Same thing, Tucker Carlson has more than 3 million people following him. That, in today in today's media world, is valuable. From what I understand, the day after Tucker Carlson was fired, Fox stock went down so much they lost five hundred million dollars in over in, in the value of the country in the company. So that one piece of news, you say, well, what, well, what was the big deal? Tucker Carlson got fired. Five hundred million dollars is what the difference is. But Fox was willing to take that five hundred million dollar hit. Now, once again, I don't know what what the whole idea. You know, there, there's it's been murky as to what it was. There's there's been allegations of of behind the scenes um, behavior by Tucker Carlson that got him fired. Not necessarily what he did on the air, but but the combination may have been enough. But here's my main point: there, this could be the beginning of the media realizing that it's gone too far, that it's lost its way, that it needs to get back to more moderate and, and, um, and center reporting, not biased on one side or the other. If the media becomes more balanced, then maybe the public that receives the information from that media will become more balanced. And maybe that is how this horrendous and wide cultural divide we have right now begins to lessen. Sadly, in this country, as I've said many times, we don't fix something until it is completely broken. We're very bad at prevention. We're good at repair but we're not good at prevention. As long as the wheels keep rolling, we say the car is fine. It's when the axle breaks and the car can't move, we go, oh, we better pay attention to that. Well, in terms of our country right now, the wheels are kind of almost, the axle's just about broken. I mean, we're going into a presidential election now. It's hard to believe it's already going to come up again. Within the next year now, We're sadly, that divide is going to be very present. So maybe now, maybe there is an ounce of prevention for the first time. Maybe the media says, you know, we've got this election coming up. You know, Joe Biden, now President Biden has just announced. So, I mean, the major the major players are, are in it. More people will enter probably, but the major players are, are mostly in it. We'll see about DeSantis. But Trump is in, Biden is in. Those are the two leading poll getters right now. Maybe the media is saying, my gosh, if we continue to report 
on with you know to these factions, these biases. They they already are huge and wide and exist and are detrimental and and now we're getting into a campaign when those things naturally happen. This could get worse. Maybe the media is finally saying, you know what? I mean, that's that's supposedly what CNN's new management is trying to do is take them away from being so far left. Because the way CNN looks at it now, at least in theory, nobody's playing to the middle. And that might be where the majority of people are, but the people on the far right and the far left are so passionate and so and so loud that they suck up all the oxygen. So maybe there's that quiet majority that's in the middle that nobody's catering to, and that's what I think CNN's trying to do. They haven't been very successful so far. But maybe more news organizations now are beginning, even Fox that are so far left and invented the the model, maybe even they are realizing. It'll be interesting to see who Fox puts in. Interesting enough, once again, these are nuances, but I'm I, but being a media junkie and someone who's been around this for for many decades, I, I'm I'm just trying to pass this on to you, just so you just so if you didn't recognize it, maybe it just sparked something in you. Interestingly enough, when Tucker Carlson was replaced, and and so far as I record this, he hasn't been permanently replaced yet. But when it was when he was replaced, the show that replaced him did not have. A person's name on it. It was called Fox News Live. <gasps> Interesting. Somewhat to the way it used to be decades ago. CBS Evening News, NBC Nightly News, ABC World News Tonight, Fox La- News Live. Not Hannity, not Ingram, not Anderson Cooper. Not Rachel Maddow, not Lawrence O'Donnell. Fox News Live. Not a name of a person, but a name of a news gathering impression. You might say, what's the big deal, Jim? It is. Those that little nuance sends a different story that this is not going to be necessarily all opinion. There's a sense of objectivity by naming a news program about the news as opposed to naming it about a person. A person is always opinionated. A person is always biased. It might be a very small nuance, but it also might be the beginning. We might see less of Jesse Waters' prime time Bill O'Reilly and The Factor. And we might start to see more shows that are news-based as opposed to opinion-based. And the less opinion and the more news-based, the more real facts come out. And if the more real facts come out and opinions are based upon those facts, the less wild conspiracies, the less fake news, the less question about what's real and what not exists. And maybe a less of divide happens because now we're dealing with facts, not with opinions. Maybe a fact-based media where we gain our information from 
helps to eliminate the gap. They built the gap. The gap was very financially, uh, you know, lucrative for them. But maybe even they are beginning to see that they have sold their souls and they're doing harm to the journalism business and to the country and to how we think. Maybe. I don't know. It's too early. But I, when I saw Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon fired, that's what I thought about. And when I saw that Fox put that news, you know, Fox News Live as a placeholder until they perhaps get a new show or a new host, it'll be interesting to see. Will they keep that? That may be a very subtle sign that there might be a change afoot. We need a change. We can't go on like this. The divide will only get worse. As I said, and now in the next year and a half, if we continue to do things the way we are, and we're in a political campaign when, 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 when divide is the par for the course, when opposing views are on all display during our presidential elections to the highest degree, if we're bad now, what's going to happen next a year from now, in the summer, when we're three months away from when we've got both, uh, you know, when we've got both nominees and everybody is on their own side screaming their own politics and their own biases. We're already divided. Hugely. It's breaking up families. And then we're, now we're in, entering a cycle where that is the norm. It could get worse, and who knows what the implications can be. I I always mention all I mention all the president's men, and I mention the movie Network, written by a screenwriter named Patty Chayefsky. Movie came out in 1976. If you haven't seen the movie Network, please go on streaming service or wherever you have to go, but find it. It's called Network. William Holden, Faye Dunaway. Peter Finch, you have to see it. Patty Chayefsky, whether he had some great, you know, ability, Nostradamus-like ability to look in the future, or maybe he was just keenly tied into the media and saw where things were going and extrapolated it for the future. But what Patty Chayefsky put forth in Network, how the news became entertainment, how agendas for news became the most popular news shows that were biased and opinion based based on a a personality rather than the facts that was being that was the that's the crux of that movie and the danger that it posed to the country and how it destroyed journalism that's all happening in that show in that movie called network from almost 50 years ago. Patty Chayefsky called it. It's scary how relevant it is. If you have never seen it, do yourself a favor and you want to know why I'm so passionate about this, why I'm talking about this. Because 
that's where we we that what where we're at now was predicted 50 years ago and we thought it was crazy. We thought it was entertainment. We thought it was fiction. We thought it was it was so far-fetched. And here we are living in a reality that's even worse than what was shown in the movie network. We need to take a step back and take a breath. And maybe that's what the firing of Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon showed. Ironically, more fiction, more art is 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 becoming uh, reflective of of of, um, of reality. I mean, you know, Fox News, run by Rupert Murdoch and his family, an amazing media empire. The same thing that's going on now is what's going on in the TV show Succession. I hope you watch that show because it's fantastic. And right now, art is imitating reality and vice versa in terms of a strong, older, media baron who's the head of a worldwide, influential, biased, right-leaning network and his children who are struggling amongst themselves on how to succeed this you know this this bigger than life personality that's what's going on right now in the fox world rupert murdoch is 92 years old i don't care what kind of health you're in 92 is 92 but apparently he made the call it was him who fired tucker carlson allegedly who knows that's how much power he still has. He's 92, and he is still carrying the big club. So it will be interesting to see, is maybe Rupert Murdoch having a change? He fired his most popular host, the person that was making him the most money, and he fired him. That says something. That, 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 that's not just a firing. That's a message, and it could be the beginning of a new dawn. It could be the beginning. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there for you. Pay attention to it. Let's see where it goes. In six months, I might say, remember when I talked about that? Boy, was I wrong. Probably, maybe, who knows? But as it stands right now, I look at it from an optimistic view and say, maybe the media is taking responsibility that it that it has that it has shucked for the last 10 or 15 or 20 years sadly maybe they are even realizing that they've lost their way and they need to rein things in and if they can do that then maybe the divide between us can begin to shrink it was so interesting i you know i've talked about bruce springsteen i'm a bruce i've talked to you i'm, I'm kind of very divided on this i'm a big bruce springsteen fan but i was telling you how you know i you know, has been disappointed in some of his actions and how he's reacted to some of the things in his, his life, his, his DUI and things like this. He hasn't been completely truthful on a lot of stuff. And so, on online on Facebook, and I don't usually get into this, but I, ha- I but I also enjoy a nice discussion 
on the sharing of facts and opinions, but I base my fa- my opinions on facts. Many people don't. So I made a comment about Bruce Springsteen uh, not being forthcoming, and somebody came back at me and said, "Well, blah 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 blah," and it was and their opinion was not was based on false information. And so I felt it was my duty to explain why I made my initial comment that was based on the facts. So I just said, well, and this person kind of attacked me for, for you should read up on something. He was attacking me for not using the facts. But I had the facts on my side. And so I said, well, here are the real facts, and this is why I have this opinion based on these facts. And I just laid them out. I wasn't being angry or... Or, or I'll show you. I was just like, here's the facts. And the response came back. Well, do you feel better now? Meaning like, oh, okay, you, 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 you showed me. Do you feel better now? And it wasn't about feeling better. I wasn't attacking that person. I was just trying to give them the information that was real as opposed to what false information was out there so that he could understand why I had my opinion. And maybe if he didn't have the right opinion and the right, the right facts, at least that now if he had those facts, maybe his opinion would change, but we're so defensive today that the first reaction was, Oh, 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 now do you feel better that you, that you, you know, laid out all these facts. That was the impression I got. And I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm just trying to give you the facts. We all can have opinions. There's nothing wrong with having opinions. But they should be based on reality. How many times have I said that word on this on this podcast? They should be based on reality. They should be based on the facts. And today, sadly, we always can't rely on the media like we used to be able to, to a great extent, to provide those facts. So maybe... Before we make opinions, we need to, to, you know, talking about this great democracy, you know, democracy of the internet. Well, then, now the the onus is on us. We can't rely on the media to give us the facts, to have dug for them and, and vetted them all, and print only verifiable information. It's now in our in our in our court, so we do have to take some accountability before we share something before we make an opinion based not on the real facts. It takes a little more effort, takes a little more time. But that's the only way that we're going to shrink this divide between us and not be so adversarial. So, where were you when the world changed? <laughs> I don't know if the firing of Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon are going to change the world or they're going to change our culture or they're going to it's going to change the way the the um the news organizations do their business or if it's going to change our way of looking at news and it's, and it's going to shrink our divide. I have no way of knowing. But I I pointed out as it could be the first little pebble dropped 
The boulders are still there. And they're hard to move. But maybe we there's just there's just a little maybe a little pebble has just fallen off of the rock of the boulder. And maybe that boulder can begin to be chipped away at and destroyed. Maybe this is the first step. It may be small, it may be subtle, it may be temporary. I don't know. But when you see high profile, influential, big ratings people get fired, when you see big media conglomerates putting money and ratings aside for other reasons, whether they're media-related or person-related, that's still huge. In the past, they would have put up with the bad behavior because the guy is making us money. But in both instances, on both sides of the aisle, a liberal-minded place like CNN and a conservative side like Fox, they both got rid of high-profile ratings getters. They put the issues the facts ahead of the ratings ahead of the revenue and ahead of the divide i think that's significant but you know that's just my opinion <laughs> And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion are much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 362. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You're listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. From the end of the web to your screen. Where were you?